So do you have a vocation? Do any of you feel called by God? Do you feel called by God in a special way to love and serve him in his particular mission that he has for you in your life? This week we were asked um, by the vocations office to talk about vocations, to speak on all the masses about the vocation life. But when we talk about vocations, most people just think we're talking about the priesthood. They think we're talking about maybe religious life. But a vocation is basically a calling from God to enter into a relationship in a life of holiness where we serve God in this life so that we can be with him in the next, so that we can be saints. Therefore, a vocation is for everyone. Everyone has a vocation. If you're sitting here in the pew today, you have a vocation. It's a way that you are called by God to live a holy life, to love and serve others. And there's four primary vocations. Some of you are already living those vocations, and maybe um, our conversation today might remind you that your holiness comes through your vocation, because maybe we've forgotten about it. But some of you are praying, what is God calling me to do in my life? Maybe some of you are asking the question, what do I want to do with my life? What we're talking about in a vocation is not a job. It's not an occupation. Those are the things we do to make money. A vocation is how God is calling me to become holy through life of service in some capacity. Four types of vocations. One of them is the person talking to you right now. It's the priesthood. God calls certain men in this world. God is calling several people here this evening to the vocation of the priesthood. And it's when a man feels called by God to give his life in a particular way to set his life apart in the service of the church, in the service of all other baptized Christians, to be leader and head of the church as Christ was leader and head to serve the church with the sacraments, to serve the church with the word of God, to live a celibate life. The priesthood is meant to represent Christ in the world, to model his life fully. Jesus was single. He was given over to his father in love of the church. Priests are called to be single. In a sense, live by themselves, but they are married to the church. They give themselves to the church. So if you've ever thought about maybe is God calling you to be a priest, I would invite you to pray about that. Second vocation would be religious life, the consecrated life. This would be any woman or male who wants to set their life apart. Maybe they don't feel, uh, maybe a man doesn't feel called to the priesthood, but maybe he calls, filled to a religious life. Um, maybe he wants to live in community with a, a bunch of other believers in a special way that gives service to the church, but live a celibate life. Same thing with religious. Maybe you're a woman who is being called to give your life in a particular way, set apart in service to God. 
maybe in a community of believers who maybe have a particular charism. What is a charism? A charism is a way that you live out service in this world. Maybe a charism could be serving the poor and the needy. Mother Teresa's nuns are, are known for that. They serve the, the most disenfranchised in the community. Or maybe it's teaching. Some uh, religious, maybe you were, um, grew up with religious. I grew up with the, the Sisters of Mount Carmel. They taught me. They have like a charism of teaching in the schools. A consecrated life. God, you are calling me to set my life apart in a particular way, not to be married in this life, but to be married to you directly, to be consecrated, my heart. Thirdly would be married life. Most of you in here are living the vocation of marriage. Some of you in here were married and now maybe you're widowed. Some of you are married and now maybe you're civilly divorced and maybe you're trying to figure out what does that mean? I'm still sacramentally married but civilly divorced. How do I live this vocation out? How do I understand my vocation? Some of you were sacramentally married, civilly divorced, and now you're remarried civilly and just trying to figure out where do I fit in this whole picture? The point being, marriage is a way that we become holy, is a way that God gives us grace to purify our selfishness and make us look like Christ in the world by the way that we love and honor and cherish and serve our spouse, the way that we love and honor and serve our children. It's meant to pull out our selfishness and make us more saintly, more holy, more selfless, more like God. Our vocation is where God makes us holy. He makes us a saint. And so some of you may find yourself single. And you might not be called to married life. You might not be called to religious life. You may be called to just serve the Lord in your own state of life, but to be single. To be single doesn't mean you you couldn't find a spouse. It doesn't mean that you weren't good enough to be a consecrated or a priest. It just means that God is calling you to live in this life as a single person, to love and to serve him. You're called to be chaste. You're called to be holy like everyone else. The main theme in all of this is that we are all called to be holy. It's not just the priest. The priest is not the only one with a vocation. We all have a vocation in life. And I want to point out three things um, that are important as we're kind of considering our vocation, especially some of you in here who are thinking about what might God be calling me to. One, it is imperative. In fact, I think it's impossible to understand what God is calling us to if we don't first listen. A call comes from God. And if you're anything like me, I have a lot of noise in my mind, in my heart. I remember when I was in college and I was praying about the priesthood. I kept getting so frustrated with God. He's not talking to me. You're not talking to me. You're not talking to me. Why can't you make this clear? Why can't you just make it so obvious so that it would be easy for me to know what you're calling me to? And I'd go to the chapel and I'd just get frustrated with God. I'm on the clock. I was about to apply to physical therapy school. I was going to go to grad school. I was taking all my tests, getting all my hours served up. And I felt like this was like the pivotal point in my life. Why won't you make it clear? And finally, eventually in the Adoration Chapel, God made this very clear to me. He said, I'm trying to talk to you and make it clear you're just not listening. 
you're talking the whole time. Or you're bringing your studies, you're bringing books, or you're bringing all this other stuff. You're doing all kinds of stuff, and you're getting frustrated with me, but you're just not sitting down and listening. You're crowding your, when you're in the car, you put the music on. When you're at home, you put the TV on. When you, you just have all this noise, how can you possibly hear me? If we're really serious about learning what God wants of our life and how he wants to fulfill our hearts, we have to listen. Two, we have to be able to discern. We have to be able to sift through the things in our heart that fulfill us, that give us peace, and the things in our heart that agitate us, that frustrate us. And we have to know that a vocation implies a commitment. Let me say this one more time. A vocation requires a commitment. We can't keep our options open forever. We can't be uncommitted forever. When Jesus calls us, he will ask for everything, whether we're married, single, religious, or priest. And he doesn't ask for everything to jeopardize our freedom. He doesn't ask for everything to jeopardize our joy. He actually wants us to be fulfilled. He wants us to be filled with joy. He wants to satisfy us. That's why he wants uh, everything from us because he knows if we rely on anything but him, we will be dissatisfied and we will be left looking and searching and unhappy. Even those of you who are married, he wants everything from you because he doesn't want you to think your spouse is God. He doesn't want you to look at your spouse relying on her or relying on him for everything. Most of you have already learned that by now. You realize my spouse is not God. But some of you are still hoping that maybe they might be something that they're not. Finally, the third is our vocation comes in the midst of life. So, um, when I was in college, I was thinking about what is God calling me? What, how is he calling me to love and serve him in this life? And um, every once in a while, a priesthood would come up and I would think, well, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not holy enough. Maybe I will be able to enter in the, in the seminary when I get some things straight, when I fix myself, when I get all of these behaviors and attitudes right. Then I'll be able to follow the Lord. If you are waiting to be perfect, if you're waiting to be holier than you are now before God is calling you to something, then you're missing the point. A vocation, a calling happens in the midst of life. And God is going to call you where you are and how you are, and it's going to be God who's going to make you holy, not anything you do on your own. So I'm going to encourage you not to be afraid of your own sinfulness, not to be afraid of your own weakness, not to be afraid of your own insecurities or failings or inadequacies. God calls us where we are, right where we are, and he calls us to say yes here and now. You and I were born in this world, in this life, for this time and for this place. The world needs you and it needs me in this time and in this place. And God needs you and me to say yes today in this time in this place he needs saints now not for us to look back and say well if i could have should have would have or not to look forward and say well when if i maybe today so 
the original question, do you have a vocation? Of course you do. Some of you have already found it. Some of you have maybe stepped in a vocation and you're thinking, man, I didn't even pray about this. What was I thinking? Is this really my vocation? Wherever you are, God is right there. But God certainly wants us to listen. He wants us to listen to the movements of our heart. He wants us to discern. He wants us to follow the peace that he gives, the joy that he gives, and he wants us to step away from the anxiety and the worry and the fear. And he wants us to do it now, today, in our life. Let's pray for each other as we discern and live in the vocations of our life. That's where we will find true joy and true fulfillment and true peace and true holiness, and that's where we will become a saint.